0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me
1: on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more.
2: If you don't make time for health, you will be forced to make time for illness. And I'm hoping that with the shift and the change in concierge medicine, that that's being conveyed to the next generation so they can make an informed decision. We are back. The Homework Pod is back.
0: I am Charlene with my co-host, Joy. Hi, Charlene. Yeah, so happy to be here with you. Me too, Joy. I tell you, we've been having some great community members come on. What do you think about our last show with Candace? Talking about journaling part... 2.0.
1: Oh man, I keep thinking we're gonna get to the bottom of the topic of journaling and there's just no end in sight. I feel like we can we're like journal nerds now. We can just keep talking about that.
0: I know. And, and just reminding our listeners, if they haven't already sent in a, a DM to our Instagram at the homework pod to win that free Aaron Condren journal. I mean, that was such a great gift. So we may still have not chosen, not winner yet. So you got one more opportunity if you're listening to this show. But Joy, I can't wait to dive into this topic with our community member today. We have a new community member to introduce to the Homework Pod today. Are you excited, Joy?
1: I'm super excited. Yes. And I want to hear your connection to her, too. Yeah. So I tell you, We are just attracting
0: community members that are just like-minded. So today we have on our show Constance Castle and Constance Castle is a a family community member. When I say family community member, her dad, Ken Temple, who took our photos that you guys are seeing on our our website soon, uh, is her dad and my brother-in-law who's married to my husband's sister. And she lives out in LA and Ken thought it'd be great for her to know us. And we met in Maryland. Yes. <laughs> we were both back there recently, right, Constance? Yes, yes. Around a big cowboy cut steak mm. yes. <laughs> that Ken and, and Carol had prepared for us. And we just sat around the table and we talked and I uh, said, Constance, you should come on our show. Mm -hmm. And at first Constance was was a little hesitant, but guess what? She's here today. She's with us and I am so excited as she's bringing an exciting topic. I think Joy, you and I are going to really enjoy talking with Constance about, but before then I'll let Constance do the professional intro versus the family intro. So take it away, Constance.
2: Thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. Uh, Marilyn is so near and dear to my heart and um, i don't think it was a mistake that we were connected so i want to thank you ladies for inviting me to your podcast i'm super excited to be here Um, so for a little introduction uh, my name is constance castle i'm a licensed clinical social worker i'm licensed in the state of california and texas I work for the federal government, I'm a contract liaison, uh, so I assist our veterans in assuring they have quality care from the time they enter the hud program to the time they secure housing. And I also own a private practice uh, where I help people via telehealth um, work through uh, anxiety, depression, mental health issues doing one-on-one therapy. And uh, that private practice is called Omnicore Behavioral Health, and I'm super excited. Uh, that launched March of this year, and uh, so far it's thriving. So I'm very grateful. I'm just grateful. And I also want to add that I'm becoming, right? I'm evolving as a woman, as a clinician, um, as someone newly in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, so I am I, I'm just evolving as a person. Uh, so I, I like to include that in, in my bios.
0: Oh, that fits right now with why you're here and how you're here, right? You know, that evolution of who you are. You, she was so open. Well, okay, she wasn't, okay, I'll be honest. She wasn't really open to it at first. You weren't, you, but you said, I will be, which fits in with what you just shared with us, that you're evolving. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And you're right. There's no accidents at all. This is definitely meant to be.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, when I've never done a podcast before, so this is my first one. And at first I was like, what would I talk about? What do I bring? You know? And I think that's a sign of growth, right? When you're presented with opportunities, if you feel any hesitation, I told myself lean forward, lean into that. See what that's like.
0: And guess what? You're leaning in and you're here and we are excited. So one of the topics that you had shared with us is that you wanted to talk about concierge medicine. Mm -hmm. And when I shared that topic with Joy, Joy's eyes lit up. So let's go ahead and jump right into it.
2: Joy, (laughs) your your eyes
1: lit up. What was the first thing that came to mind when you thought of? My eyes lit up. Yeah, right. So... Um I am an acupuncturist, and so I get asked all the time by my patients, who should I go see for my general practitioner?" You know, because a lot of people are, are stuck in between either not having a general practitioner primary care physician or they have somebody who they don't have a connection with, or they have a primary care physician who, they have their seven minute experience with you know and they're not fully heard and they're not fully paid attention to and so that's why they're in my office because i'll spend an hour with somebody asking about you know how many minutes do you want to spend talking about your bowel movements (laughs) i will go there how many minutes do you want to talk about how you can't sleep i will go there whereas whereas some people just glaze right over health issues. You know what I mean? And so I, part of my job is keeping a Rolodex of health professionals to refer people to whether it's, whether it's people who are licensed like yourself, who can do telehealth therapy. It's people who can do um, rheumatology. It's people who can do hematology. It's osteopaths. It is, um, it's all kinds of um, referrals I can send people to because we can't just rely on one doctor anymore to go to, you know what I mean? And so people need a little bit of um, support from different, you know, community members in their life. And so um, I have some of those contacts that I refer people to are doctors who are concierge medicine doctors. And so um, because I say, okay, here's, here's your options. You're going to get, a great seven minute experience with this doctor they because they take insurance, but there's going to be some limitations, right? And just don't expect more than seven minutes from them. (laughs) And, but you can get your lab work done and you can get some questions answered, but then when you want to go deep, we're going to, you know, have to talk to a different kind of doctor. So this kind of doctor and concierge medicine, you're going to have to pay a little bit more, but you're going to look at it as an investment in your health. You're going to be able to get questions answered that you have not, been able to scratch the surface of with other doctors. And you're going to have full access to be able to ask them questions that you just don't have the time for um, in the regular medical system. And so I was like, the, the field of medicine is such that many of the best practitioners are just leaving the insurance model because you can't, you simply just can't cover everybody's needs in a visit anymore in a medical setting covered by insurance. And I personally accept insurance. So I understand both sides of the, both sides of the medical game, you know what I mean? And um, that's my long winded answer of, (laughs) when I think about it, I have a, you know, um, there are special practitioners in my heart who are really taking care of my patients, you know what I mean? Who are, really looking at their in-depth health and overall holistic lens Mm -hmm. that that some people otherwise are just falling through the cracks health-wise you know absolutely absolutely absolutely. what about you sarah
0: well for me it's it's really what joy is saying is having some someone to go to that knows you right that you can go to if something happens you can go to that same person, right? If you're traveling, you're out of the country and you're, fi- you're not feeling yourself, right? And you don't know if you should go to the hospital or a doctor. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I know I've heard a little bit of co- about concierge medicine um, because in as a way in which to attract and retain people, right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're offering concierge service, right? To certain levels within the organization, right? Because they wanna make sure that they're healthy, that they're cared for, right, in a way that makes them feel whole, listened to. And Mm -hmm. and more importantly, um, I think respect it. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, the healthcare system, because of insurance, and I'm not bashing insurance, but you just don't, you just feel like you're just being herded through the system, herded through Mm -hmm. the process, right? And, oh man, I had another question, but guess what? Time's up. I can't go back in there and
2: yeah. and mm-hmm. see them again
0: without paying another copay. So yeah, that might have been a, one, right? That might have mm-hmm. been the one question that needed to be asked, right? That mm-hmm. would have changed the treatment plan. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like excited that you were coming yeah. on. And, and
2: I thought long and hard about the topic that I want to talk about, and at first I was like, "Oh, well, let's talk about self care, right? Self care has been major, especially during the pandemic, and I think everybody has probably Googled." <laughs> what should I do to help my uh, my quality of life through this uh, pandemic um, at least once over the last 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, Concierge Medicine most recently came up for me. And so I did a lot of research into it. Um, and I think we call it something different in the mental health field. Or, um, but I want to kind of explain what it is for people who may not be familiar with concierge medicine. So concierge medical practice, um, it refers to a private form of practice where the patients are charged an out-of-pocket retainer fee for accessing the doctor's services. And this retainer fee may or may not be paid on top of their regular health insurance premiums and copays. So, for some uh, practitioners, uh, you know, they don't bill your insurance, um, and some they still will. So, you still may incur um, a copay cost for labs and things like that. So, this this is is really unique because it's very. Well, let's go back to the basis. So when I was kind of looking into this um, and the reason why this came up for me is because I'm new here to L.A. And so I'm trying to form what I call my dream team. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking for my dentist. I'm looking for my doctor. I don't go to any dentist. I don't go to any doctor. Right. And so I'm looking for my dream team and I'm sitting here. and, And first of all, I just want to point out that this was an extensive process that I had to actually like put into my schedule. Looking for a provider. Right. And so I spent Mm -hmm. all this time. I wanted to go to a, uh, a woman of color for my OBGYN services. And so I sit down, I pull up, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield. I look at Blue Cross Blue Shield. I look at their, their provider list. There's no pictures. There's not a lot of information as regarding the bio, right? A lot mm-hmm. of the phone numbers were out of date. So I have to go to Google to see if I can find somebody that I identify with. And um, I found somebody in Beverly Hills. I booked an appointment. My uh, appointment was three months out, no lie short of three months out. And I was like, okay, but I really, I committed to the appointment because I really wanted to see this provider. So um, lo and behold, that appointment time comes up. I go to the appointment and right when I'm getting ready to leave, it was a great service. I loved her, I was really excited. I think while I was getting changed right before I checked out, I texted somebody like, oh, I'm gonna send you this lady. This is, she's so amazing. And right before I leave, the receptionist was like, oh, uh, really quickly, somebody's going to bring you to the back and talk to you about some of the changes we're having. And I see this huge poster about vitamins. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're going to offer me like vitamins and holistic, um, you know, remedies to, you know, for my health care. And I go sit down and and they explain to me, oh, you know, doctor is going to this concierge uh, form of practice. And I was like, what? What does this mean? Right? Mm -hmm. Well, for a premium of 3,800 a year, okay? You Mm -hmm. can have access to the doctor. Uh, You can have her personal telephone number. Uh, You can have same day or next day appointments and you'll have this in-depth annual physical every year that's over an hour. So joy going to your eight minute per patient um, statement this was going to be an hour and a half long, and you'll get this individualized treatment. I was like, oh my gosh, but do I have $3,800? And I had to ask myself, what does this mean? So I go back and I start doing all this research into concierge medical care. And I realized that this is um, something that's been on the rise for the last 10 years, right? A lot of the providers are going to this concierge form of care. And mm-hmm. I asked myself, what does this mean for me? what does this mean for my peers, right? Um, I I looked online and I saw that this is a $5.5 billion industry and primary care makes up 26.4% of that. So I see why it's on the rise. I see Mm -hmm. because it's very lucrative. And also during my research, I noticed that a lot of providers saying that they were getting burnt out, especially with the pandemic. And so um, the OBGYN uh, practitioner that I mentioned before, she said that she was going from a caseload of a little bit over 3000 to 250. So it would allow her to provide that quality care.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I wanted to just start just a conversation with you ladies on what does this mean for how healthcare is changing for people who may not be able to afford these premiums and the healthcare disparities amongst people of different economic and
1: demographic statuses. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, from my standpoint, I feel like there's gonna be like the future of medicine. I think, oh gosh, this might stub on some toes, but um I don't think the insurance system is sustainable long-term. And so it's only a matter of time. It's like the housing bubble. It's like the real estate bubble. It's like the other bubbles that we've seen before. I think it's one of the bubbles that's going to happen over time. We just don't know when that's going to happen because the, the, you know, the fact of the matter is it's like, there's a shortage of primary care physicians going into the funnel of Dr. Care. So there's not enough people who can fully service the population. And the payout rate of insurance to care is getting smaller and smaller. Like right now, they cut acupuncturist pay by 30% last year. So it's like, imagine going to work and your paycheck gets cut 30%. Like, what do you do? How does that even make sense? Right. So they're inching people out of the system um, by, paying them less or only paying for certain services. So then how do you have to compensate by getting 100,000 more patients, which means you have to shorten your time with them to eight minutes, right? So so the quality of care is gonna go down, the payment for that by the insurance industry is gonna go down um, because they have so much to pay for. Like the pandemic brought up COVID costs that are crushing for the American system to have a, to cover all of these medical costs, right? And all these people have to go back into the system to get looked at for long COVID, for changes since COVID. Why do I? Why is my anxiety higher? I need something else besides anxiety medicine. Oh, we don't have anything else. Sorry. You know what I mean? So the medical system is falling short of what our actual needs are, um, along with the insurance system. So I think what's going to happen is... All the good doctors are gonna go to concierge medicine, but they're gonna have to offer um, another service for people who can't afford $3,800 a year. So I think there's also gonna be people who are gonna offer um, either a different service for people to come in, like a sliding scale service, or there's gonna be some community clinics. So some acupuncturists offer community clinics In a setting where, you know, let's say six to 10 people can sit in a room together and get some ear needles um, and it's super affordable and you can come way more frequently than you even would if you had to pay for a full individual session, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think the young people coming in to the world right now are so much more aware and self-educated about mental health is a massive thing. Health is a massive thing we should pay attention to. Um, How can we get a handle on it? And how can I have sovereignty over my own health also? Mm -hmm. So, and then I have personally the story of one of my patients is my future self. She's like in her sixties, mid sixties, she lives alone. I mean, she doesn't have family near her and so having somebody who can actually pay attention to her is really important. So she, you know, we had an honest conversation about like, should I go to a concierge doctor? And I was like, you know what? I would actually advise you try it out for a year, Mm -hmm. invest the money for one year, because then you'll know the experience. You'll get a hundred thousand lab tests done. You'll, they will know your body inside and out. (laughs) And you, then you'll be able to compare your care with the year before of, did you get good care from your regular doctor covered by insurance? Did you get that much better care by the concierge doctor or not, you know? And then you'll have a benchmark to test it out. And then if you can afford that year and if it wasn't that great, go back to your insurance doctor. And if it was great, now, you know, and the quality of her tests were amazing. Like, her bone density, the strength of her upper body muscles versus her lower body muscles. I was like, okay, I I actually thought it was worth it. I don't know if she needs to be with that doctor long-term if she can't afford it though, you know what I mean? But that was a good investment for her to try that out. So that's a little long-winded too, but um, I'll pause there for you to (laughs) turn back in. You made,
2: you made some great you made some great points. I was actually talking to one of my friends and she said, Constance, if the price was a little bit more reasonable, would you have done that? Would you have taken that on? Because you have someone you have access to, you have a larger lab panel, right? So everything that Dr. Oz talks about, like ask your doctor to run this, ask your doctor to run that. Matter of fact, that happened to me one time where um, I was watching Dr. Oz and he was like, run this type of... Um, what was it, Uh, iron panel that's not on the standardized iron panel. And I went to my primary care doctor and I said, I want this iron panel ran. And she was like, why? And I was like, why not? Right. And she was like, she refused. She was like, Oh, I don't see it being medically necessary. Right. And so um, Joel, you mentioned something like being empo- like empowering your your being empowered within your healthcare, right? Having more options, being able to have access to different labs and one on one and continuity of care is vital for some people, especially if you have acute or chronic health issues, right? Yeah. But for people who don't, I'm relatively healthy, so there was no sliding scale for me at that point to say, well, I, I may not need you 24-7. I may not need you on call, doctor. What what does that look like for me? And so I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle here. I'm, I'm really torn because as a businesswoman, um, this makes sense. Um, be in a position where your caseload is smaller. You're able to provide treatment where you can track, trend, and analyze the outcomes. Be able to change the treatment plan in real time and provide the quality. That makes sense. And it's lucrative. And put that out there too, right? On on that scale, on this micro scale, I, I I totally understand it, but on a macro scale, what does this say for people who cannot afford these premiums when we are already short healthcare providers?
0: Yeah. When yeah. there are,
2: are oh go ahead. Cheryl.
0: No, no. No, I, I don't want to cut you off because I think this is this is what what we've been seeing in the healthcare system for years, right? This whole dichotomy of the haves and the have-nots, the access and those that don't have access, you know, and it's all been sort of, and this is just my opinion, because I'm not a healthcare provider. It's been driven by insurance. And so I think over time, you know, whether it's concierge medicine or some other type of a framework for providing care, it has to get back to what is the quality of care that we're giving people. And I think and and I think concierge doctors I, I, I before a concierge doctor has been around, I had a doctor over ten years ago who was a concierge doctor mm. you you knew you were going to spend at least thirty minutes with him, and he's going to ask you what else, what else, and he was going to run tests and he was going to ask for tests to be ran, right, but he would tell you your insurance may not pay it, and so that was because he cared and did, was he doing it for the money? I didn't feel it. If he was making money, awesome. But, but I think what, what, to your earlier question around, you know, what is this going to mean over time, you know, hopefully it will change the patient advocacy, the patient's rights. We all get that little slip of paper when we go to the doctor's office about here's your patient's rights. I don't know how many people read it, but to advocate and demand the types of services that we need, let's take it to the workplace. You know, some people don't sign up. People who are young don't sign up for for, uh, coverage, medical coverage, because they don't feel like they need it. They're not sick. They don't go to the doctor that often, right? And so, but let them get in a car accident and then they'll see that their livelihood has been ruined for the rest of their life because of not having coverage, right? Absolutely. And so having maybe a catastrophic, plan may be what they need, right? Versus a, mm-hmm. a, a, a medical plan. People who are chronic may need a different plan. What I, what I like about the concierge uh, service is that they do have a smaller case load, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And they're, they're, tr- they're aiming for quality and depthness of that, that mm-hmm. service that they're providing and not being hamstrung and held back because the insurance company wouldn't allow that panel that you asked for, and they don't want, the, they don't want to get cut because they are continually putting in requests. Well, if the patient doesn't exhibit these symptoms, then you can't prescribe this. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I hope the next generation that are coming into the healthcare system will change it because they know of all, all these different alternatives to the standardized medical, yes. you know, yes. the medical line, if you will. Of uh, mm-hmm. go to a doctor, get a prescription, run to, to the pharmacy, have that prescription filled, as opposed to please tell me what other treatments are available to me for this same mm-hmm. issue. Patient education, I think, is going to be, become even that much more critical. And, and people who are willing to give time and service in communities that don't have access. You know, we talk about food deserts, you know, we talk about Driving through areas, I drove through areas of, through LA real recently, and it was nothing but a food desk. I was starving; I couldn't find anything healthy to eat. Right, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's have let's have services available in those communities. Let's have mobile services that go into these communities so that they can get, you know, equal care. I'm mm-hmm. on my soapbox. Let me get off.
2: Yes, well, it's saying. I don't know who said it. I probably should have the the author, but if you don't make time for health, you will be forced to make time for illness. Mm. And I'm hoping that there's with the shift and the change in concierge medicine that that's being conveyed to the next generation so they can make an informed decision. Where should my money go? Because it's already been shifting in in, in mental health. That was no new thing to me. Mm -hmm. I've spent some time working in psych, spent some time working in case management. I spent some time working in private care. And I have realized that a lot of the mental health professionals turned away from insurance long ago, long ago, um, because they don't feel as though they're getting paid their worth. The utilization reviews for these insurance panels alone is taxing. You call in, sometimes you have to get asked for a authorization to provide the service, um, and then you have to get clarity on what's covered, what's not covered, how many sessions. Providers aren't getting paid for that. Providers aren't getting paid for that admin time, right? And what we've learned throughout the pandemic is that mental health is important and it's vital, and it's something that should be proactively uh, managed, not reactively mm-hmm. managed, right? And I tell people all the time, I tell my clients all the time, be established with a mental health provider because when things start to spiral, when life throws a curveball that it, it's always gonna throw you, you don't want to, in the midst of havoc, be trying to find providers. You already don't feel well. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And then when you go to this, when you go to the providers, the providers have to do the legwork to get you in that they don't get paid for. And then when they develop the treatment plan, when they do the billing and the prior authorizations, they're not getting paid for that. And then every year they go and they try to ask for an increase in rate, and they get one to two dollars. And so their value is is. Questioned at that time, and so they've already turned away, and so there's already disparities in healthcare providers. Um, there's a scarcity in healthcare providers. There's a scarcity in uh, minority providers as well, and so people are having difficult time accessing this healthcare that's going more into this concierge kind of form. Mm-hmm. And so it's a mindset shift. Is this something that we should start looking at our budgets? Should we be incorporating this in
1: as well as our premiums, right? What does this mean? Right. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: It's yeah. such a huge question. And, and I think it is a title shift that might take decades. You know, I really respect concierge practitioners who are stepping out of the game and doing this because, to you know, it takes guts to really yeah. to do that because you're going to get you're gonna get criticism of like, there's this elite medicine versus, you know, inaccessibility to the masses. And I think it's gonna take time for for the trend to grow, you know, for more doctors to do that. So that just to warm up our consciousness that how we value things in our life, what we pay for, you know what I mean? Cause it's interesting, you look at a car and if you were gonna pay, you know, $3,800 a year for a car, you'd be like, wow, that's a great deal. If you were gonna pay $3,800 a year for a Target membership, if Target had a membership, I'd be like, that's probably a great deal, cause I'll probably, you know, $3,800 a year in comparison to the other things that I spend my money on, right? Now, granted, I don't have a concierge doctor, but I have a list of people who I would go see if I switched to a concierge doctor. I'm just I just have a lot more knowledge than the average person having gone to acupuncture school about biology and like things I should maybe get tested for. So I think it's going to take time for people to just warm up to the idea of spending money on healthcare because we've been conditioned to think a $10 copay, a $20 copay, a $30 copay is all I'm willing to spend on this vessel that is really carrying us through the world you know what I mean it's just mind-boggling that people have a hard time spending money on themselves in that way you know and so like and also when celebrity starts talk about it like there's a celebrity who just said you know the things I spend my multi-millions of dollars on is a lawyer a doctor and a chef And when more celebrities start to talk that way, you know, when more people who are influencers start to put focus on their health, whether that's spending money on their health or just awareness, again, I think there's a lot of education that we're going to start to, consciousness is going to start to shift. So people are going to become more aware of their own bodies and what they need rather than just relying on an expert to tell them. Um, And I think there's also a shift in terms of, up-leveling consciousness. So women traditionally have not gotten listened to in the doctor's office. Women of color have not been listened to enough. So the more women and the more women of color get listened to in this kind of a setting of concierge medicine, I think it's going to up-level women's consciousness. I think it's going to uplevel the rest of the world's consciousness. Just women getting heard in a way that they haven't been heard before, getting looked at for the first time. I mean, getting paid attention to medically is just making up for all this lost time for the past couple centuries, you know? Yeah, and and in a a workplace, you know, I always tell people to, to the point of,
0: yeah, this costs a little bit more, and you're right. What's my copay? What's my annual deductible? But there you know, there's the healthcare spending account that you could take advantage of, right? Where you could set that money aside. People set people delay dental work because it, it's expensive. But you know what? If you knew that you're gonna have some dental work, it's gonna cost you twenty five hundred dollars out of pocket. If you can afford to set that money aside, right, in your healthcare spending account, you're essentially paying yourself back. And it, there's a potential that can lower your, your tax bracket. So I think educating people on how they can use their their their, their money smarter to help kind of offset some of their, their costs is another, I think, way in which employers should really attack it, right? Because most people are covered under insurance, right? Under, but at the same time, year after year, their out of pocket is growing. And then they're wondering, is it worth having insurance, right?
1: Right. It's such a tough question. And the age, I think, it like what age you are really matters to and to your point, constants of how healthy you have been. Because, you know, there's some tests that I have gotten done just in the last couple of years that if I had gotten them done when I was 20, I would know information that I should have, know, have known for the past 20 years. You know what I mean? That I could have been doing something about but it was one of those oh why would you get that test done you know kind of and it was in my iron levels so something basic that actually impacted the rest of my so i think women aren't getting enough but it's such an interesting decision of like when should i shift or should i so if i were young if i had the means invest for a year if I had the means to try it out and then really get your money's worth go in and ask every question there is to ask about your body (laughs) you know and then if you need to save money save money going back to the insurance system and then five years later when you need to go in depth go in depth but it's a really tough decision to make yeah absolutely
2: my hope is that um there are regulations on this, because what I fear is that this, this form of practice will monopolize certain areas, right? And so you have like the Hollywood, the Beverly Hills area, you have the Valley area, and in that you have very wealthy, um, high income earners in that area, but you also have many, many people who would not even come close to the ability to be able to afford afford. Concierge medicine. They have families. They have other responsibilities. They're multi-generational homes where they're taking care of mom, aging mom, and very small kids. Right they, there's a lot of people in a sandwich generation that this they just cannot make this work. What does that mean if if this form of practice starts to monopolize certain areas and now I have to drive an hour or two hours out to use? My copay that now I have to go. Is this going to overwhelm the the practitioners who do take insurance? Um, so now is the hour wait going to turn into a two-hour wait? And are these professionals going to be burnt out? And so these are things that um, I think I think this is going to grow over the next 10 years, and I think that people should pay attention to how this healthcare market is changing and to advocate for themselves, to adjust where is needed, to make the mind shift changes, um, so that way they are prepared as best as they can be uh, come that time, because I don't see any regulations around this. I think this is a beautiful thing if you can afford it and you are in that work, but I think that there are some ethical concerns that come along with it too, right? There was a case I think last February in San Francisco where you know, tests were hard to come by and some people that were uh, connected to concierge medicine, they were able to get tests very easily over those who were high risk, right? So at the time high risk people were the ones that were able to get the test and get the vaccine first. And so what does that mean, right? What, what are the regulations on that? there's concerns over the potential for doctors to cherry pick their clients. So who's to say a practitioner, once they begin to convert to this method, who do they ask? Even in some areas where you have, you know, 60, 70% of your your caseload is with individuals who could afford this, but you're going down to two to 300 people who do you invite into your practice? Mm -hmm. So we have price discrimination. We have ethical concerns here. uh, We have healthcare disparities as far as monopolizing the area. What does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. And then my practitioner was of color. So we already have a difficult time with practitioners of different races, ethnicities, genders. But what happens when these practitioners go into concierge medicine, so now we have even a more difficult time finding practitioners that look like look like we do.
0: Yes. So
2: it's something to think about. And I encourage people: if you don't take anything from this podcast, is to do the research, see what's going on in your communities, have conversations with your families, and look at look at your health and ask yourself: Is this something I could afford? Because it's a great thing it is a great thing you get you get short wait times access to the doctor 24 7 you have their personal number sometimes they travel with you if you have that capability and then also the referral service I think is something that's really great that referral service I remember I was going somewhere and they referred me to what was it a dermatologist or something like that mm-hmm. and I said they handed me the referral and I said well I don't know who well, what dermatologist do I go to? Oh, call your insurance. I could do that. I have an iPhone, whip it out, boom, log in, Google saves all my passwords, luckily. But, you know, what if I was 65, didn't have a smartphone, wasn't really savvy with technology? This is how people fall through the cracks. So with this concierge, kind of treatment, you have someone that's probably going to make the appointment for you, call you, with, give you a reminder for it, and then that doctor is probably going to send the results right over so that they're all in the loop for continuity of care. So it's, it's, it's something that can be a, a benefit, a great asset to you if you can afford it, but start to have the conversation now because that's when the mind shifts mm-hmm. as far as identifying what's happening and adjusting as needed.
0: Yeah. I mean Constance, thanks for coming on and really talking about this because you're right. You know, we, we really need to start being more concerned about it. At the same time, we have to really start looking at how we're treating our body. You know, are we eating right? Are we sleeping? You know, are we de stressing? Are we seeing somebody like yourself? You know, if if I'm having some mental health struggles so that I don't do any terrible damage to my body. Are we going to someone like Joy for acupuncture treatment who listens to you, treats you, uh, and start using a lot of these different types of modality, medical, I call them modalities, you know, for wellness. And you gave us so much to think about in terms of concierge medicine and the direction that is going, its benefits and some watchouts and things that we need to watch out for as it continues to evolve. Tell our listeners where they can find you, Constance.
2: Absolutely. You can go to OmnicoreWellness.com. I am only on that website for private practice. I do not have a Facebook. I do not have Instagram yet. I'm trying to get on the curveball, you guys. Um, (laughs) uh, You can find me on Psychology Today, Constance Castle, last name spelled C-A-S-T-L-E, first name spelled with a K and if you are interested in receiving therapy in the state of California or Texas, you can go on there, and I do offer a free 20-minute consultation, and I'd be more than happy to meet with you to see if I can help meet your mental health wellness needs. Awesome.
0: Well, Joy, this has been a great topic, I tell you. We have so many great community members that come on, and again, if you don't do anything else, as you listen to this podcast, go research, you know, concierge, you know, medicine and, you know, think about it. Is it right for you? Um, And, and then also to think about the, I think another takeaway that I took from here is really make sure when you go to your doctor, whether it's an insurance doctor or concierge, have your questions, do some legwork, do some research on your own so that you can come armed with, taking it maximum advantage of that eight minute, seven minute or an hour window of time that you have in their presence so that you can get everything that you need taken care of. So we thank our our listeners and we also thank you Constance for coming on today and be sure to listen to us at the homeworkpod.com You can go there to find all of our episodes. We're on all of our podcast outlets, and then to Instagram us too at the Homework Pod on Instagram. And you can always DM us if you like this show. Go ahead and do a like, and then also to share it with anyone in your community so this community can expand as well. Again, I'm Charlene with the Homework
1: Pod. And this is Joy. Thank you for listening. Okay, we'll talk to you next time.
2: Hey, it's producer Mike from The Homework. You can check out episodes like this one and all the other ones on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, let's do some homework together.